For too many years, we've been told to show the horse who's boss, use gadgets, and ride two and three-year-olds. We're expected to follow fashionable trends, like riding behind the vertical or with your horse's nose on the ground, and put our short-term performance goals before the long-term health of a horse. This sounds crazy to me, because we're forgetting all about the horse. In this show, you'll learn why groundwork, lateral movements, liberty work, and pole work are so important in your training program. Plus, how to build lightness and softness in the saddle by recognizing the try and building confidence in both horse and rider. We know that horses are only physically mature at five and a half years of age at the earliest. We believe that collection is not a head position. We know that older horses are not disposable. Walking 100 miles on foot is amazing to build that connection together. And that bitless bridles, California hackamores, bosal and macates can be really useful. We never place competition goals above our horse's health and we know that self-carriage means that the horse does it by himself. We take as long as it takes and we understand the importance of working slowly with the horse to build connection, trust and partnership together and we aim to always put the horse's mental, physical and emotional needs first. So I promise to share all my horsemanship strategies with you. Sounds good? I'm your host, Elaine Heaney, creator of the Listening to the Horse documentary. Let's get the show started. I thought it'd be fun today to talk a little bit about horse clinics. Now, I adore horse clinics. So my holidays every year usually involve going to a lot of horse clinics and I love meeting my friends. I love all the cake. I love sitting outside in a deck chair. I love having three or four days where I don't have to do anything, that I can just enjoy the clinic. And I have been to clinics as a spectator and I've learned tons. I've gone to clinics as a rider and I've learned tons. I've gone to clinics abroad and I've borrowed horses. So I've ridden on horses that aren't even mine in clinics. It's been fantastic. And I've organized clinics. So I've been nearly at every angle that you can be at in terms of going to a clinic. And I love them so much and can't wait until we can you know, start scheduling clinics and get back to normal again. But I thought it'd be fun today because I know a lot of people go to clinics as spectators. So I thought it'd be fun to give you a couple of tips about different ways that you can be a really great clinic spectator. So my first tip, if you're going to a clinic, and this is something that that I definitely think is just the most valuable thing, is bring a notepad, bring a, a pen and a paper and notepad. Because what I find is if I don't do that, and if I'm either watching or writing, whatever it is, and you go through the clinic and you, your horse is amazing and you have so much fun and you're like, oh wow, and you learn new stuff and you try it out and you're so impressed with your horse and you spend the couple of days and you know you love the whole thing, you love the experience, you're so happy with your horse, everything is going fantastic and you come home and you're like on a cloud of delight and joy, but then you're home for a couple of days and then it's the week after you're home and you're like, what did I do again at that clinic? And what was that exercise? I don't know, I'm not too sure. I can't remember. And you forget because that's what we do. So to avoid you forgetting the cool stuff that you learn at a clinic is you need to bring a notepad and pen and paper and write it down. Okay, next way to be a really cool clinic spectator. And this is actually really useful and much appreciated by anyone who is there with a horse or who is organizing a clinic is if you see an open gate, close it. Now, unless it's like a horse box reversing into it or a horse trailer reversing into it, but in general, random open gates, close it because you've got horses moving around in new locations and maybe some horse will get loose unexpectedly and you don't want the gate to the road open. So close any open gates, much appreciated. The next thing is, if somebody's going to ride at a clinic, 
sometimes they'll bring somebody to help them but actually quite often they're they're just there on their own and they've driven the horse trailer and they've arrived and they've got their horse sorted or whatever but if you see someone with their horse and maybe they're tacking up or they're going to get some hay or water or they're carrying their saddle or something help them ask them oh do you need would you like me to hold your horse for two minutes while you do something or can i open this can i sort out this gate for you or hold this bucket for you it's appreciated so much because riders as i said they really are mostly there alone and so it's also a great way to make friends if this is the first time you've been at the clinic and you don't know too many people the fastest way to make friends and to become like a student of the year at a clinic is to ask riders if you can help them with anything and then the next tip is i would introduce yourself to the other spectators you will never know who you're going to meet and you'll meet some really cool people and also people that have the same interests as you so i definitely do this and i make sure that i've I, i've met everybody and i know everybody's name and I mean, you have so much in common. You all love horses, so it's a really easy conversation. Number five, something that is much appreciated by a clinic host and probably by the riders too, is if you're watching a clinic and it's all pretty friendly and low-key and stuff. Now, not probably if it's a clinic with a million people at it, but most normal clinics, without being asked if the horse does a bit of a poo situation in the arena or in the paddock or whatever, just go grab the the pooper scooper thing whatever the technical term for those things are grab the bucket and the fork and just go and pick up the poo and put it in the wheelbarrow and sit back down again these things really get noticed and are much appreciated number six lunch times usually busy times at a clinic and if you have a host who maybe is also riding and trying to sort out the food they usually are under a bit of pressure at lunchtime. So ask the host if you can help them to bring out the food or maybe go in and get some more hot water for tea or something like that. Number seven, if you see a rider and if they look a bit under pressure because maybe they've arrived a bit late or they're running to try and get their saddle or they're carrying something heavy or whatever, just ask them if you can help. Makes a huge difference. Tip number eight, at each break, compliment one rider on how they did in their lesson and mention one thing that you really liked you have literally no idea how much confidence this will give the rider and they can often be quite nervous and trying not to show it because if you think about it when you go somewhere different with your horse so your horse is a bit like oh what's going on here this is a new place i'm not too sure about it and then they're in a clinic environment with a couple of other horse riders that maybe they don't know that well maybe it's their first time with this trainer and they're just a little bit on, on edge and then added add to the fact that they have people spectators staring at them <laughs> watching their every move it can be a bit nerve-wracking so for them to have somebody they don't know walk up to them afterwards and say listen you did such a beautiful job with that horse i really like the way you did blah 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 makes such a difference you've no idea number nine never say anything negative about a horse or a rider at a clinic even if you think nobody's listening and you're just whispering it to your friend who's sitting beside you, somebody probably is listening. So just don't do it. It's not worth it. Number 10, if you've been asked not to bring dogs or children or any type of strange animals to a clinic, do not turn up with dogs or children or llamas or cats or whatever the situation is. All of these are safety issues and there's a reason that your clinic host, if they have put it into their terms and conditions, there's a reason it's in there, okay? So please don't just turn up randomly with animals or children that you're not supposed to because it can cause a lot of problems for your host if you bring them. Tip number 11, so as the clinic is underway and the instructor is teaching the riders, and you're a spectator and you're watching, 
don't ask 1001 questions while the writer is or while the instructor is in the arena teaching the writers you can definitely ask questions most clinicians instructors are very happy to do it but wait until the breaks wait until people are switching horses or it's lunchtime or whatever number 12 going to a clinic it's a bit like going to a cinema so you need to sit down and unfortunately kind of be quiet okay so don't have huge loud chats while the clinic lessons are going on because it's actually really distracting for the spectators sitting near you and I completely understand if you rock up to a clinic and you see your favorite horsey friend over there that you love and adore and you haven't seen her in six months and you're so excited to see her and catch up and blah 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 and the clinic's just about to start don't sit down and start having a 20-minute chat while the clinic starts and the instructors are trying to teach just step away have your chat over the horse box somewhere say hello catch up and then when you're finished all the chatting come back to the clinic tip number 13 possibly the fastest way to become the most popular person at any type of horse clinic is to bring homemade cake (laughs) so i hope these tips are helpful and definitely if you prove to be a thoughtful and kind clinic spectator you will probably find that you're top of the list to be invited back next year. And I know definitely that most times clinics are pretty small events and everybody kind of knows everybody. So definitely just be kind, be thoughtful and you'll have a great time at your clinics. Now I have a fun lesson for you this week and actually it's more of an experiment than a lesson. So it's called the inside seat bone exercise it's a riding exercise you don't need any specific tools or anything and you can do this anywhere wherever you normally ride so here is the idea i would like you to start off in walk okay so you're walking along with your horse or you're sitting on your horse and the horse is walking you're going to put just a fraction more weight on your inside seat bone oh no sorry on one seat bone So say your right seat bone, okay? So put a tiny little bit extra weight on your right seat bone. I'm talking really tiny. And I want you to notice how long does it take for your horse to slightly turn to the right, okay? So count the steps. And then once that's done, I want you to make a conscious decision again to make your seat bones level, okay? How long does it take for your horse to walk in a straight line? Okay, count the steps. And then I want you to make a conscious decision to put just a fraction more weight in your left seat bone. And I want you to notice how many steps it takes for your horse to slightly walk a little bit towards the left. And obviously when you're doing this, have a kind of a loose-ish rein, so your horse actually has the choice to go whatever direction they want to, so they can actually follow the feel of your weight in the saddle. So what are the benefits? My seat bone on the left so when there's a tiny little bit of extra weight on the left seat bone that means I would like my horse to have a left bend okay my seat bone when there's a tiny little bit of extra weight on my right seat bone I would like my horse's body to have a right bend and when you do this constantly it means that you're asking your horse to put a gentle bend in their body just from your seat cue You don't need any reins. You don't even need any legs. (laughs) And I've done this approach both with Ozzy and Matilda and it works beautifully. And actually, I want to tell you the story. Out in Australia a couple of years ago and I was riding Cola, who is Steve Halfpenny's horse. And like that was, talk about amazing. That was just incredible experience. And I was playing with this little exercise with Cola and I was using a little bit more weight on one seat bone and then I would see that the bend would appear in his body. And I noticed something really interesting. 
So if I put a tiny little bit of extra bend on that seat bone, the bend in his body would actually increase. <laughs> so cool. So not only could I ask him for a little bend in his body, I could actually influence how much bend in his body he was giving me, which was like so cool. Again, I just figured this out from experimenting with cola. And a lot of stuff with horses is if you if you kind of present a cue to them and give them a choice as to what they're going to do, you can really start this very interesting communication and dialogue with your horse and really start to kind of pick up what really works for them. So when I was riding Cola, then I paid attention to coming back to neutral. So having my two seat bones level and then having a tiny bit of extra weight in the other seat bone and then the bend in his body would change. So it was, it was like the coolest thing in the world. So common mistakes to avoid when you are doing this. So when you have a tiny bit of extra weight on one seat bone or on the other, don't collapse your ribs on that side or on the other side or on any side. Okay, so watch out that your ribs don't collapse. Actually, it will be, if you put a little bit of weight on your right seat bone and if you're sitting down, you can actually do this. Don't collapse your ribs. They seem to want to collapse on the left. And if you put a little bit of weight in your left seat bone, it's the ribs on the right that kind of want to collapse. So they don't let them collapse, okay? And don't tilt your shoulders. So interesting experiment, just go out, try, see how you get on. And if you'd like to get more tips for to help you become a more balanced and thoughtful rider and use smaller cues when you're riding your horse, that's actually what I help horse owners do. So I help riders of all levels to understand the horse better, improve their skills, all while listening to the horse, building their confidence and having fun. And if you'd like help with that, you're welcome to join me inside the Listening to the Horse Method. And you can find more details at listeningtothehorsemethod.com. So I hope this was useful. If you would like to discover more about my work and my approach to horses, I am going to invite you to join me inside a free masterclass training that I'm holding. So if you want to learn how to improve your horse's confidence and connection and earn your horse's trust without feeling scared, without using gadgets or force. Now, even if your horse is new or they're anxious or maybe they're herd bound or they tend to spook sometimes on trail rides, you can grab a free ticket to this online training at www.masterclasswithelaine.com. I hope to see you there.